You're listening to Gatefold Gateway Podcast, a musical journey through time. And here are your hosts. Hey guys, welcome to episode 10 of the Gatefold Gateway Podcast. I can't believe we're into double figures already. Um, and we've got a special one for you today. We've got not one, but two guests. If you've been looking at our social media over the last couple of days, you will know these two guys. And it was such a fun chat. Um, I had a lot of fun editing it down to the episode you're going to hear. It's a little bit over an hour, um, slightly longer than some of the episodes before, but with two guests, we kind of covered a little bit more. So um, just I really hope you enjoy it. We've also updated the Spotify playlist with all the songs and bands that we talk about. So go ahead on there and hit shuffle and just listen to all the music. Um so it's a really, really fun, fun interview with those guys. A um, couple of thanks and well done's. We, it's Monday the 8th of March and today in the UK some restrictions have been lifted. I think the best one is the kids have gone back to school and I know some of the people that listen to this podcast are parents. So give yourself a massive pat on the back because you've done an amazing job homeschooling i'm sure it's not the easiest thing in the world um so i hope you enjoyed the weekend and you celebrated with a few glasses of wine or gin and tonics or a few beers um yeah really really well done kids go back fantastic news um we also have to mention the uk scene right now the bands in the uk are just absolutely smashing it mogwai like i mentioned last week have a you had a UK number one record for the first time. Um, unbelievable stuff that they got to UK number one. Um, a little bit of a bittersweet moment. They've been knocked off the number one now, and they've been overtaken by um, Architects, which is absolutely mad that um, a UK metal band has a number one album out in the charts. And they are one of my favourite bands from the last sort of 10 years, maybe more. Um, I go and see them on all the tours and to have a band like that at the top of the charts in the UK album charts is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so two weeks in a row, two different bands who probably would never have expected to get to that stage um, in their careers. They've done it. There's so many more good albums coming out as well in the next few weeks from UK bands. Um, check out new songs from While She Sleeps and Holding Absence. There's plenty more about as well. Just go and have a look. Um, so, yeah, UK scene right now is absolutely amazing. Enjoy the episode, guys, and we'll see you all soon. And take care. Welcome to another awesome episode of your new favourite weekly podcast called The Gatefold Gateway. As usual, I'm your host, Damo. I'm joined once again by my right-hand man or left-hand man, whichever way you're looking at the screen. Um, it's Mr. Joe Green. Hello. Yes, how are you? Uh, I am very good. How are you? I am not bad. Yeah. Um, I would Plodding talk along. about what we're up to, but obviously this podcast comes out a little bit after we've recorded it, and we don't know what we're going to be up to. So we'll I'm kind guess of... sweet FA probably. 
I think you might be right. Unless this podcast comes out in like July and um, yeah, we could still be doing nothing. It was obviously announced um, the week we were recording. It was announced that Glastonbury Festival won't be taking place this year in 2021 um, due to the pandemic, which is still ongoing. So I guess we're kind of just waiting to hear about other festivals. How optimistic are you about that, Joe? Well, I'm devastated about Glastow. Um, I didn't get tickets for this year. I, but it is the one festival that is like I'm desperate to get to. So that was like get, being punched in the balls. It's um, always yeah. good to watch that on telly as well, isn't it? You can. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, the Beeb coverage is always amazing. Yeah, really good. But yeah, I'm gutted about that. I'm skeptical now for everything else, I think, is probably the honest answer I can give. I hope, obviously, I'm we're we're wrong and we do get to you know we do get to at least you know a download or we're reading, yeah, but, or two thousand trees as well, obviously. We shall see. Um, yeah, so fingers yeah. crossed for the summer and hopefully um, no other festivals announced that they're definitely definitely not going ahead and. Um, we'll just see how it goes but yeah on to our episode um this is a bit of a first for the gatefold gateway podcast because today we're not talking to one guest we are actually chatting with a duo and i've invited them on because they kind of come as a pair now um if you go through their agent um you don't get one you get two so this is the way double the trouble double trouble um so before i kind of go into a bit of how i know them joe i you've um got a bit of history with one of our guests haven't you i do um one of them I've known, we've established since 2006, well, 2003, and then we started gigging in 2006 together. Uh, yeah, I don't, I want to go too much into it because like, it's a really good story and hopefully we'll, we'll, we might do it again. But yeah, he's an absolute G, absolute legend, uh, incredible DJ, very funny man, has some of the best tattoos uh, and also some of the best fucking t-shirts as well. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Um, yeah, and just a general, a general ultimate G and the other, uh, another ultimate G. I know him for his DJing skills, spinning the one and twos at the two pigs and me being usually really pissed up and harassing him for tunes. <laughs> um, not as long as I've known the other, but you know, there's still 15 years, hopefully, so we can get there. We'll get but they're, yeah, they're both legends and I'm very glad that they're on the show. Yeah. So like I said, they do come as a pair. And if you are a regular visitor or used to be a regular visitor of um, the best alternative club in the southwest of England, um, or if you visited uh, Cafe Rene in Gloucester, these two have kind of taken a venture out on the road together. And I'm sure um, in 2023, we'll be seeing this club. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be seeing this club night hit other venues i'm sure that's going to be in their plans um but yeah um they both work um kind of with me and um, we're all um employed by the same um nightclub the two pigs which we mentioned on previous occasions in this podcast and yeah um they are of <laughs> course the duo that can be known as bet you look good on the dance floor they are of course <laughs> Mr. Dan Cooper and Mr. Sam Thomas. Ooh. Hey. Ooh. Hey, guys. I've opted, I've opted for jazz clicking for you guys. Jazz <laughs> clicking. Thank you. How's it going, guys? 
Not bad. Not bad. All Thank right. you. Thanks for having us. No, it's Thanks very, very it. cool. Um, yeah, so I've mentioned on previous shows, Sam, that you, I was lucky enough, well, I've, I've been lucky enough to be a guest on your radio show twice now. Once, um, once I did like a, a, a DJ mix back in May last year, and then a couple of weeks ago I was on and chatted about this podcast. So um, yeah, just chats through your radio show. Yeah, so it's sort of just suddenly started obviously when lockdown happened at the end of March um, it's always something I wanted to do but obviously lockdown gave us well gave everyone a bit of extra time and um, so yeah just it started out with having three hours on MixLR um, I wasn't too bothered about the whole doing like the virtual thing on on uh, Facebook obviously with the whole copyright thing as well and it's and I thought it was a good way to sort of chat to people still that you couldn't meet up with and uh, sort of keep it sort of localish as well so like you said you in May you came on did a DJ mix and then we've had sort of random guests from like musicians to like artists um, to, to we had a baker on the show as well so it wasn't just like exclusively music but also obviously playing classic tunes and all that throughout the show as well um, and so MixLR, for people that don't know, that's just a, an online platform and it, there's no video at all, is there? No, no video at all. It's all audio. Um, there's an app or you can just click on the link and it plays and like you pay a monthly prescription. There's sort of like like three different subscriptions you can uh, pay for depending on how much you want to do each week. And yeah, really, so it saves the whole copyright thing so you don't get taken down and it, and it saves all the shows after for you as well, which is pretty cool. That's amazing. And when when does that come out? Uh, that's every Friday at 8pm. I've took a couple of breaks here and there, so when lockdown's eased up. Um, but yeah, it's, it's every Friday at 8pm. Yeah, and are you doing anything else um, musically or is it just because you, you're you're similar to me, like we don't play in bands, do we? We're just like, we just play everyone else's music. So is, is yeah. there anything else that you're doing? Um, I've dabbled a little bit. I'll go back in the uni day because I do play guitar. And, uh, so I did buy a new effects pedal uh, during lockdown to try and pick that up a bit more. Um, it would be something I would love to to do but um, obviously this is the worst time and to do that um, but uh, probably sort of compared to Dan where he's quite sort of technical um, where he you know, obviously can create music where I'm sort of I can play the instruments but actually recording something putting it all together is, is like a never side of the thing <laughs> to, to, to learn to do yeah sure <laughs> what um, effects did you buy I just have to know Oh, uh, I can't remember the top of my head. It was one that has quite a lot of effects on it. So just like a, it was nothing like special. Yeah, yeah. You can do like loops on it and all that kind of stuff and drum beats on it. Can I ask what make it is? Uh, I can run to my bedroom and quickly (laughs) to the other room to to get it if you want to know what the make is. When uh, Dan starts, yeah, you should, because I want to know what it is. (laughs) <laughs> Shall I go quickly? <laughs> go on, go on, run. What a so, wonderful segue to speak to Dan Cooper. Yeah. How are you, Dan? Yeah, I can't complain. Uh, well, I can complain, will complain, but shouldn't probably complain because a lot of people got it worse than me. But yeah, a bit fed up with the whole lockdown situation now, lockdown three. Um, but other than that, I'm you know got my health, got my house, roof over my head. Um, <sighs> Yeah, running out of money, but <laughs> other than that, yeah. Mulga. Oh, what is it? What is it? Can you see it? I can. Oh, yeah, good mate. Mulga. Yeah, oh, okay. Very okay. good mate. Oh. Recommended by well Tom Casty. 
Oh, of you know, course. You know it's going to be a quality there, whereas if he's in <laughs> Exactly. We'll swing back to that effects thing in the middle. Dan, you were saying, sorry, mate, you've got your uh, health. <laughs> yeah, just about hanging on in there by a thread. Yeah, um, just trying to stay positive and... I don't know. I, yeah, I don't really want to say any more, really. No, no, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. I'm, fi- I'm what, fine. What have you been doing <laughs> uh, to, to keep your um, mind occupied on the music, Dan? Um, on the music, I've been trying to do music. I did have a little bit of um, writer's block for a bit, but then I, at the start of lockdown, I was quite busy. I, when, you, when it was the first lockdown and I thought it was only going to be like, three weeks or something I was like brilliant this is like a holiday so I just threw myself into it and did like an album and a half's worth of tunes and rushed those out and now we're still stuck here and I've been trying to sort of follow that up and yeah I've been working on some new stuff um so I probably have a new project out in about three months perhaps two months just started got about seven finished songs just started thinking about the artwork for it and the concept and if I'm going to bother putting it on Spotify or just up on Bandcamp and stuff like that. Because um, you've already got music on Spotify that people could go listen to, haven't you? I have, yes. Uh, just under my name, Dan Cooper. And um, yeah, two lockdown albums on there. Um, and yeah, I started to like teach myself different software and ways of doing stuff. I'm I'm not as... Te- Sam said I was technical a minute ago. I'm not really <laughs> that technical. I've just sort of always done things in my own way and not really... Like yeah, sort of winged it a bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I've tried to sort of learn a more kind of professional, um, product, you know, sound production software and stuff like that. But I've kind of, with the last couple of tunes, I've ended up going back to the more comfortable, wrong way of doing it. Um, <laughs> just because I found it easier and I had this writer's block. So yeah, with it by going backwards, I've managed to do two songs in the last two weeks. So... Mm-hmm. I'm aiming for maybe quite a longer album. I normally do quite short projects, so I'm going to go for about 12 songs. And then I've got two remixes in the bag by good old Charlie Baxter, um, Mm. which I'll do as a bonus track on it. If I'm going to pay to get it up on Spotify, I might as well chuck it all up on there. But yeah, it's it's nice. It's a bit of therapy for me. It gives me something to concentrate on. Sure. Um, Because, you know, work is scarce. I work as a freelance like printer and graphic designer that's all dried up obviously no dj work which was my main source Mm. of income before uh so yeah a bit i'm starting to get a bit scared now this month was the least least money i've had coming in Uh, but i've had you know i'm on universal credit and there's a brilliant (laughs) charity we're getting the full works man yeah (laughs) it's like i could just gonna work from this motherfucker up come on now you can uh, donate. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah, oh well, yeah. My PayPal is da, 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 da. <laughs> and the last three digits of my card. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's your security? An amazing charity called um, Help Musicians, which help loads as well. And I've been getting about seventy quid a month off them. Oh wow! Um, so That's yeah, cool. if you're in sort of similar position to me, where it was as a DJ or you know, I I'd get like about fifty p every 
two years from Spotify plays and stuff like that. <laughs> I got, so what he's saying is go onto your phone, open Spotify, type Dan Cooper and just leave it on loop and mute leave it. Leave it on loop all <laughs> yeah. night. Yeah. And then, so, yeah. But then the problem is if you do that, you'll be like me and I'll end up being your number one artist in your Spotify end of year thing. And that's not a good look when you are actually that person who makes you look like a And when your second favourite artist is Judas Priest, it doesn't really fit well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't oh, is that what it was? Was it Judas Priest number two? No, no. <laughs> that I was, what's wrong with that? Judas Priest to six. Charlie Baxter remixes of my songs. <laughs> <laughs> and are you still doing? Are you still writing poetry as well? Yes, that's that's another thing that's been keeping me busy because a good old Sam uh, and his radio show. He asked me to do a poem every week for a section he's got on the show, which we called Poetry Tump. Uh, the chill part of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, and so every week I sort of sit down and think about stuff and it, and it can be completely random and surreal or it can be me ranting about stuff. It was quite nice. Like after my dog died, I wrote one about my dog and stuff. And that was quite therapeutic and good to get that out and hear it going out on Sam's show as well. And then, But then last night's was just about me getting pissed off because I'd made myself this burger for lunch and it like dissolved <laughs> through the bread. And I was just like, oh, you know. It was his emotional, most emotional, emotional, I can't even speak, emotion, most emotional, emotional poem. Yeah. It reminded <laughs> me of that time, Sam, we went, you you were like, oh, you've got to come and get a burger from this place at the docks. And they were, they were in a little van. And um, it was like 10 quid. And it just, I got it and it just fell apart within about 30 seconds. And then, we, of course, we were sat outside and it was around winter time. So it was fucking cold as well. And I was just like, I paid ten pounds for a cold pile of burgering ingredients. It was, was beefy it, uh, boys. Beefy boys. I was going to yeah. say, was it beefy boys? It, it brought all that. It brought all that back. So yeah, it's a nice little. That is amazing. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go back. I'm going back. I'm checking that poem out. But yes, you're quite right, Demo. Anyway, um, yeah. Let us. Uh, should we dive in? Let's dive in. Are you ready to dive in, gents? Ready. Oh. Yeah. Ready as I'll ever be. Okay. Well, as always, as we always begin this question time of the show, what was your first album or first album that you purchased? I'm going to start with Dan. Okay. What was your first? Um, the first album I bought with my own money um, was a pretty cool one, thank God. <laughs> Uh, Cypress Hill Black Sunday great album um, they were all over the radio well the evening session and my friend Miles was really into them as well so it would have been about 13 14 I think I can't remember I think it came out 92 93 Ooh, I'm wow. not sure yeah I'm old good, good era yeah um, <laughs> uh, and um, yeah we just thought I was still at school I remember like having it when I was at school Um and we just, we thought, first of all, like, we just thought he had a funny voice. So that, like, hooked us in. And then the song was just banged and it was awesome. Um, and I just remember getting it and then just being, because I only had this little CD stereo sort of thing. And that was fairly kind of a novelty at the time. I remember getting, like, a stack of CDs that my mum bought me about four. We went to Asda. Um, and there was like Phil Collins CD because I liked Genesis 
um because my my brothers and my sisters always like genesis so i bought a phil collins cd which was completely not what i was expecting it to sound like um <laughs> i bought right said fred's second album well, <laughs> London, uh, sex and travel because i thought i i was quite naive at the time i thought that if you knew i thought basically i thought the bands only had one album so if you bought the album all the hits would be on this so i thought i'm too sexy <laughs> deeply is going to be on there and what i ended up with was this album of complete random shite which no one ever because all the hits are on the first album and i was a bit too late and i've got the second album and I got you're this, ahead of the game, really. In like uh, I was too, the bread back at the same time, too slow. Yeah, <laughs> too slow. Is it ahead of the game? Does, um, has the second album aged well? Like, can you go back to it and it's like, actually, this was shit the first time, but now, probably yeah, not too bad. I think I, I think I did listen to it a couple of years ago, and there was a song on it. I remember where he's like talking about Superman or something. I'm not just Superman or something, and I remember liking that, but it just. Kind of, oh, it's my computer talking there. Uh, it just kind of broke my heart that <laughs> Deeply Dippy and I'm Too Sexy wasn't on there, and I went years without that. Um, and then Energy Rush Volume 6 was a compilation that <laughs> I got. because it had What was orb, on that? Uh, the Orb, The Shaman, KLF. Ah, right. That was, that, was, that, that was formative for me. So that and Cypress Hill, yeah, loved it. And I've still got the Cypress Hill CD somewhere around here. And like, it's one of those ones where the inlay booklet is all like tattered and stuff. And it had all these facts on hemp and marijuana in it, like how <laughs> it should be legal. And, like, and I was like 40, 13, 40, I didn't really understand. But hearing I want to get high for the first time was just amazing. I remember like it starts off with what sounds like a screeching kettle. They used that quite a lot. But yeah, it was awesome. So that was that was my first that first proper album I'd like to admit to <laughs> that I bought <laughs> my own money was Cypress Hill Black Sunday. It's definitely their um like the the album that propelled Cypress Hill into like the mainstream, yeah. isn't it? But I got I also because these were the days when you tape an album off a friend. So like a friend of mine had the first Cypress Hill album, or I think it's the first, just called Cypress Hill. Hmm. And that's I think that ended up being more of a favourite because that's got bangers on it as well, but it's more kind of, up, it's not as dark, but Black Sunday special, just because it, the artwork's amazing, like that gritty, like brown, spooky kind of thing. It just sounds like the music. And I don't know if it's because they go into like all the hemp and weed culture and stuff, but it, it sounds like really dank, dense smoke. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Am I correct in thinking that this is the album that's got Rock Superstar on it? No, no, that came after. <laughs> that was a couple of years after. This has got, got um, insane in the brain on. That's, yeah, what, that's how I know Cypress. I was going to say which album had that on because that's only sort I, of how I know them. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was, I was sort of a bit out of it, the Cypress Hill thing by then. But I still, I still wanted to like them because obviously the first CD you get oftentimes will be special to you. So I've always mm. got at the time of day for Cypress Hill. Um, amazing thing that he did, like. Isn't he on one of Danny Brown's albums, Sam? Uh, Be what's his name? Be real. Be real. From, yeah, from Cypress Hill. Like he he does a song with Danny Brown, and they both kind of rap like this. And yeah, that like, would. That's a, that's a match made in heaven. I can't remember which <laughs> um, Danny Danny Brown album that's on, but I was just like, I saw that, and I was just yeah, I had a, a nerdgasm. <laughs> nice. So, Sam, what was the first uh, record you ever purchased? Yeah, um, that's really. F- 
think about this just because I've got three older brothers and they were all really into music and they're about at least my the next one up from me is at least about seven years older so I used to just steal a lot of their records but the my sort of first memory is remember the Virgin store in Cheltenham can you remember yeah. that yeah yeah Marks. I got I just <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Next to W. H. Smith's. That's it. Yeah, it was massive, wasn't it? it was uh, but it was by uh, First Impressions of Earth by The Strokes, their third album. Um, but I actually ended up buying it twice because I got my first little job, which was car washing. Um, and then I was quite chef and I thought I was being cool. So I rang up my brother saying, oh, I've just bought the, the Strokes album. He goes, oh, I bought it earlier. So we ended up having two copies of it. Uh, but yeah, that's got like juice box and you only live once on there. But yeah. I was um I was listening to that album yesterday when you mentioned it because uh I got into the I was I'm I'm a bit older, I'm similar age to Dan, so I was lucky enough to get in the strokes when Is This It came out. Oh, um or This Is It when that came out and it was like they were the, the biggest band to ever hit planet Earth and oh, yeah. they the hype behind it was massive and that album kind of it made the hype acceptable in my opinion because I thought it was just such a really really great record I think it kickstarted the whole indie garage thing the as garage well, scene yeah um, but this album yeah like I said it's got juice box on it and I was thinking how do I describe juice box and it's like it's like a Formula <laughs> One race line, isn't it yeah it's, yes, it's crazy <laughs> it's such it's like a start of a race and they're going around the racetrack and then like the slower verses kick in and then he just kicks in and it's like on their back and it's it's full go isn't it it gets you going I love playing that song it's such Sam, a great you're, track oh, Sam you're a really stylish dude I think like you always are like dressed to impress oh thank now, you now like obviously the Strokes are a very stylish band so at this time, were you rocking a Strokes vibe, like in your dress? Or no, I was new rave. So I was really? wearing bright t-shirts. <laughs> um, sort of, I loved the whole like Adidas original bright colour thing. Because um, like Claxons, who I think we're going to come on to a bit later, were like my favourite yeah. band. So I would just wear whatever they would sort of wear basically <laughs> at the time but I loved obviously the strokes how they all sort of dress but uh, yeah I sort of came later to that I see interesting yeah that kind of like that that era where it was like chav meets rocker type thing yeah I said yeah yeah I was it was uh, or, the Claxons, did you catch yeah. them? Did they play the two picks? Didn't they? No, um, I was good because I was I had my first uni Mayball and I was DJing at and it was quite a big thing. So I yeah. either had to go to that gig or go to my first uni Mayball. Uh yeah, it was like May the 30th. It was yeah, so I didn't actually get to watch them at two picks, but um, oh, man. I watched them at the Guildhall and, and plenty of times before. Yeah. Sure, sure. My brother's actually kissed the uh, guitarist of the Claxons. Oh. Just <laughs> Isn't, um, is it true that one of them is married to Kate Nash? No, not Kate Nash. Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley, yeah. Yeah, 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 they are. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? They're, that's a sort of a random odd couple, oh, but yeah. When if she was Mental. there, two pigs. Uh, that was going to be my follow-up. I, you I wouldn't have seen it. I heard a rumour that she was there. They're quite local. They are localish to the... Um, they're not too far. They're like Cotswoldy. Well, a lot of famous people mm. live in the Cotswold, aren't they? But yeah. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Some good, some good records there. But yeah, if you haven't checked out the Strokes, then um, start at the very beginning. And, where have you and, been? <laughs> yeah, where, where have you been for a start? Um, and Cypress so, Hill too, like Cypress Hills. 
good segue, good Cypress Hill are a good sort of band if you want to kind of get from hip hop to more mainstream hip hop into like rock and uh, very, very heavy sort of hip hop band, really. Um, so yeah, Dan, Sam says you're technical, you say you're not. Um, so if <laughs> you you make all your own music and you like produce it and you mix it all, you do it all yourself. So but is there like a, a big yeah, it album? Sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> is there like a big album that's, that you listen to still and you think I would love to have been there when they recorded that and wrote that? Yeah, definitely. Um, my answer for this one, Justin Timberlake, um, Justified, yeah. the first solo album that he did. Uh, just Great because album. that was absolute dream for me when that came out, because the songs just are incredible. Yeah. I think one or two, definitely one of them, Pharrell wrote for Michael Jackson and it got rejected. <laughs> So Justin Timberlake ended up with it. Um, Dance <laughs> with me, that one. Uh, he'll have you naked by the end of that song. Ah, um, oh, right. That one, uh, which, yeah, probably, oh, I was going to say something really bad about Michael Jackson and I'll change one. Uh, no, basically, <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was produced by... Um, very good. <laughs> it was produced by the Neptunes, so Pharrell, uh, basically, and then Timberland as well, who I was absolutely obsessed with around that time who produced well Missy Elliott and um Bubba Sparks <laughs> and things yeah. like that mainly Missy Elliott uh, <laughs> and uh yeah no but I remember there was a Neptunes album it came with uh a DVD or might might even been so old that it was a CD-ROM <laughs> video uh, and it showed them in the studio and uh, had clips of them working with Justin Timberlake and stuff and it just looked amazing to be in the studio with Pharrell back then because um, he's sort of like he'll bang on the table for the drums and then you see him sat behind a piano and there's one bit where he's singing behind a piano and he didn't he did he sang in NERD I think uh, yeah, around that did. time or maybe a bit after I can't remember um, And but he was really embarrassed of his voice which is amazing to look back on now and think because the guy is just super confident and he's done all this solo work since um, and yeah I always, it always sticks in my head they go like they, they asked him like, oh, what do you think of your singing or do you like singing and he just goes needs work <laughs> like that <laughs> um, uh, but yeah it, they, they were two of my then those all those producers coming together and being on the same album, Timbaland and the Neptunes, just amazing for me. And um, yeah, recently, well, they all went on and did some stuff. I always had this huge thing about Beck, the artist Beck, who will, might come up later on. Um, and I always wanted him to work with the Neptunes, and they did on the Moulin Rouge soundtrack. I think they did a David <laughs> Bowie cover of Diamond Dogs, oh, wow. and then that was just—I thought that was amazing. And then. All these years later, uh, Pharrell has now done loads of production on Beck's last album, Hyperspace. And I was just like, oh man, I wish this had come out when I was like <laughs> He's 23 or 24. I would have exploded, but you know. <laughs> um, yeah. so, are you still happy with it now though? Like, are you, is it still, does it still what, tickle your balls as it were? Justin Timberlake's album. No, the, the fact that, Pharrell's and Beck have kind of eventually teamed up does it yeah it does although it's a lot more subdued and mellow than what would have happened yeah you know 20 years ago so I like okay. it and it is some of Beck's stronger work recently um I wasn't a massive fan of the Colours album but I really did like the Hyperspace album it reminded me of 
couple more of his other quietly albums. Don't um, the, the the folk albums get a lot of attention, like Sea Change and stuff. But mm-hmm. I was always I always like it when he's got more of an electronic backing. Yeah, same. I'm I'm a Sex Laws man, to be honest. Oh my god, yeah, that's yeah, that's. And yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we <Yeah>. digress. <laughs> um, so Sam, what about you? What uh, what album would you love to have made? Oh well, yeah. Well, just <laughs> like we mentioned, East, we got onto the Claxons a bit about the dressing, but um, the Mist of the Near Future, definitely that album, just because at the time it just like I mean, I must be only thirteen at the time. Um, it just didn't it sounded nothing that i've heard of i'm sure there's been stuff you know obviously if you're the older it's probably did sound like it but at the time like magic and atlantis the interzone that's where i got my name from sam atlantis it just like just blew my mind and like people didn't really get it either at school so i felt a bit of an outsider listening to that which is kind of cool in your own way but then it actually got to number two in the charts as well then they just blew up and then won the mercury prize and they sort of had like a real big yeah so i, I felt kind of at the time when you you, you say you did you discovered the band which you didn't really didn't but um yeah but the production of it like it's not over yet as well which is like the last the second to last song which is a cover of a classic 90s rave song and i think that progressed me to get into sort of like house music music as well so i think it really mm. influenced me a lot in many ways it touches on quite a lot of genres doesn't it there mm. the Paxons, because that whole new rave scene was like it was obviously from it was bands that wanted to be indie bands um and they were playing indie instruments but they just had another string to their bow and bands i mean enter shikari i think are the, are the example of like yeah. they probably were like the biggest band of that scene um and like playing everyone thought oh they're like a metal band and because they play heavy rock music but a lot of their stuff is more it to me it sounds a bit more like the klaxons it's more just heavy. Got the simps yeah it's like that. just heavy new rave and they wanted to be indie bands, but like, like you touched on, the dance scene of like the 90s, they obviously loved that sort of stuff as well. So it was Thanks. such a cool sort of genre to come around and it came out at just the right time when yeah. indie was kind of going a bit stagnant. That's it. Like, I always loved to DJ all that stuff at that time. That's one thing I've, I've always keep thinking. Like, but yeah. I, there are, sorry. sorry, go on, Dan. No, go on. Uh, I was going to say I, that was a good time to be reading the NME because they really went in on that whole new rave scene. Mm. Uh, I used to read the NME like every week. There was always a copy of it on the floor in front of my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I was going to say, like do you remember, a band that I got pretty obsessed with around that time was Test Icicles. I don't know if you. Oh my god! I was literally just going to mention them. Good. Yeah. Cool. Jeremy um, was... skateboard. Oh, I'm, I'm on my Mac. Yeah, I've got. I bought a. I wanted it when I saw it, like when they were out, but managed to find like a skateboard deck, bright pink with their logo on. They gave it away as like some sort of competition prize or something. I found one on eBay like last year. I was like, Amazing. Oh my God. But yeah, he, he went on to, he's now uh, Big Dev. Yeah. yeah. Blood Orange. He's, I was literally just going to mention him. He's, he's like, yeah, go on. No go, 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 go. Gone on to amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. Huge in America. Absolutely that, fucking what? huge. I, that's crazy. I know Blood Orange. Like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's cool. That's, that's good little it. fact. Sadly, Quite, one of the other ones died. Um, really? Sam, yeah. Sam Moran uh, killed himself, sadly. And then the third one, Rory, I think he became a producer. 
but I, I used to like I went to about three. I don't think I ever went to a test icicles gig, but I'd follow <laughs> the members round and go to. I never went to a Sam gig, but I went to a couple of the Rory Rory gigs. He was in a band called Ratatag or something, and then oh, I remember them. I went to a. Um, did you do a Lightspeed gig? I went to a Lightspeed Champion gig, yeah, and I met yeah. Dev. Absolutely lovely. I went to two two of their gigs. But, yeah, they, they were my favourite new rave band, Test Icicles. Because there was one before Blood Orange as well. It was it was Test Icicles. I mean, because I followed Dev Hines just because I was like, oh, my God, another black person playing guitar. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I was very intrigued. I did manage to catch the end of their set once um, at Leeds 05. Yeah. And it was the last song, and the last thing I remember, I remember him swinging the mic round his neck, like some kind of weird. Like, it was it was so crazy, but it was mad. It was just going off. And then yeah, so before Blood Orange, there was something else, wasn't there? There was Lightspeed Champion, and there was something else, and then there was Blood Orange. Yeah, then, well, he had. Um, oh, there was a the guy called like jet ski or something there was an electronic producer they used to hang around with but they were all they were a big myspace band and they dev especially had all these hundreds of different myspace pages with like different made-up bands and stuff like demon sick and stuff like that because <laughs> talk about like mix of genres with them like he had death metal thrash like proper screamo stuff going on mm. in there as well as well as like the and crunk early trap like um as well as you know indian punk kind of thing rap you like to dabble <laughs> real melting pot it's mad like just going back to the clacks and stuff there for me they're like a proper zeitgeist band in that whenever you put on that especially the album we're talking about right now it reminds me of all of these acts that we're talking about as well like yeah it just takes you straight back to 2005 isn't it like or 2007 it, that came out but they, they yeah they they did start around about 2005 yeah but you funny. Just, go on go 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 sorry. i was just gonna say uh, claxons did cover my love by justin timberlake by the way Oh, ah. yeah, just to let you know. <laughs> there we go. A crossover of uh, two bands that Sam and Dan would have loved to have been in the recording <laughs> studio for. And their videos were amazing as well, Claxons. That's one thing I really loved. Like, have you ever seen the magic video when they're just puking up paint, oh, rave paint blood? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as well. Amazing. Genius. Genius. Right. So, it is that time again where I have to ask this question about guilty pleasures we keep saying this term we don't mean this term but we're going to keep using this term because we can't think of anything else so <laughs> gents let's start with sam what would you consider to be a quote-unquote guilty pleasure if yeah, there I is think, such a thing yeah just hit, hitting on the guilty pleasure thing i feel i think since sort of spotify and streams came around i feel like it's kind of got rid of that now i don't know just because you can listen to yeah you know what i mean uh but yeah, yeah my guilt is uh david gray <laughs> um <laughs> like no that is like the white the white ladder example. album white ladder album amazing album photronica that's the word they describe <laughs> his music on wikipedia his album especially like songs like babylon and uh sail away my my mum uh, and my dad at the time when they were together, they, they loved those ITV drama things you know, yeah. and all that. And they used to just rinse 
the songs off White Ladder and Coldplay as well. And I think that's how it got stuck in my head, sitting down at nine o'clock watching ITV drama. And then obviously, like when the streaming service came back, it sort of popped back up and I sort of listened to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are some songs that are okay. Oh, uh, I, like. Yeah, Sailor Away is a good tune. But I do think I, I've gone back and I, I still wonder how the album gets so much credit because it's not great. Because he mortgages house to do it. You gotta you just be like, you know what? All right. You've you know, you've you've really done the you've put you've put the mileage in here. So why not? Yeah, fuck it, I'll buy it. I mean Dead in Dead in the Water, is that a song on there? Dead in the Water now? Uh possibly, but I was just looking at a f- few yeah, it is a yeah, it is a song on there. Uh, I like that he, song. He released the first single off it on the eighth of March nineteen ninety nine, and then the second single uh, the last single was seventeenth December two thousand one. So he Yeah, because he rinsed it. <laughs> yeah, he literally did. That's crazy. It was all over TV. It was like one of the Moby albums. Oh. It was all over TV. And another another good fact is the twenty sixth best selling album of all time. See? <laughs> no one knows that shit. I just remember him when he used to perform. He used to do this weird head shake thing, didn't he? Like, just like well, I'm not. I'm like Stevie Wonder, like his head and <laughs> no, shoulders no, were attached not, by a lollipop. No, not Stevie Wonder does like. Hold on, Stevie Wonder does this. David Gray <laughs> used to do this. He used to do that when he was playing uh, guitar. That's the yeah. only thing. That's the only time you'll see my face now. So, but I do agree with you, Sam. That is a that's. That is a good guilty pleasure because this, the the way we've kind of started describing guilty pleasure records is albums that you've got in your collection that you probably wouldn't tell your peers about, <laughs> <laughs> and now you just told everyone. <laughs> it was that or James Blunt. So, I oh, <laughs> get out, get the fuck out. Three wise men is a banger. <laughs> What's, like, what do I do like about James Blunt? He's got a cracking sense of humor. Oh, he's absolutely. If you don't follow his Twitter account, if you're listening and you don't follow James Blunt on Twitter, it's just good. go for it. Uh, he's like yeah. that other guy as well. What's the the um, Scottish. Uh, oh, Lewis Capaldi. Yeah, he's funny as well. But it, he is, but he's also quite talented, though. He's got a very good voice. James Blunt is shit. Did right. you see that James Blunt won the Tweet of the Year award for uh, nine, last year or something? No, what did he say? I think, oh, it was the year before and he went, if you think, I think it was uh, 2019 and he said, if you think 2019 was bad, 2020 is even going to be uh, worse because I'm releasing an album. <laughs> <laughs> and he was right. Uh, and he was right. I think it might have been the year before or uh, one of the years, but he he was on some TV shows and he was, he is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> He's been in the army, didn't he? He did. Yeah, yeah. he sure. did. Uh, there's two things I was thinking about James Blunt the other day I think he popped up on the TV and I'm sure like in the Your Beautiful song and I don't know what song uh, uh, Joe perhaps as a songwriter you can shed some light on this <laughs> in the on the album version I'm sure he starts off going my life is brilliant and then there's a big gap where the song my carries on and then he starts again my life is brilliant man. so he sings the first line right. on, on its own very unusual to have that like after the first couple of bars, almost like he's testing the microphone. And then I'm sure <laughs> there was like, I'm sure there was a swear word in it, which 
you only hear if you list the album version but i might have made this up but i'm sure it's there on the album version he goes on the radio edit version rather he goes i was flying high on the album he goes i was fucking high (laughs) which um i need to go back and see whether i've imagined that or that, sound, that feels back. right that feels right that Let's sounds bet. that doesn't sound wrong do you know what i mean like i i feel i've heard the same thing and i've been like hold on a minute did you just Let's do a swear do very risky things to do for like your biggest hit you know maybe and you <laughs> didn't think it was going to be his biggest hit the video he's isn't it him sitting down but he did a he released a new single a sort of new music and he did a sequel to the song I can't remember what it's called now oh, but you're fucking video- ugly <laughs> 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 but yeah the video carries on from You're Beautiful it's like a No Scrubs um, when when that band did a, a a version of No Scrubs but back to them and it was like they do No oh, Pigeons don't they? No Pigeons that's great <laughs> so it was like James Blunt was like yeah you're fucking ugly in, in, in conversation Beefing with Beefing with himself <laughs> So, Dan, um, what album or artist in your collection would you not be um, happy to go out in front of your friends? <laughs> um, okay, well, probably... I don't know, I'm, I'm, it's weird with me because I'm sort of... Everyone knows I'm kind of into a bit of everything. But the one that probably gets the most raised eyebrows is that I'm an absolute fanatic of Insane Clown Posse, like ICP. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to the point Do you where, have action figures? No, no, but I did I I have often thought about putting on the juggalo makeup and just rocking that <laughs> down at the pig. Next Halloween. This is fantastic. Yeah. I think that's a Sam and Dan combo. I was gonna say, uh that's that's a Halloween. Good idea, well we could that's you there is an air of shaggy too dope about you, Sam. <laughs> I could be violent gay. I just I just remember that one that insane clown posse film that I told you to watch where that kid yeah. gets obsessed with him and then that video you showed me them at, at stock was it stock 99 what it's called it it so yeah when they're kicking the coda bottles but all Never their gigs them. are like that it's crazy they I got got the chance to go and see them in Bristol after they they had about three venue changes before they found a place that would actually have them and it was the most dangerous like all health and safety and all that nowadays but like it was one of the most dangerous gigs I've been to like in my adult life they were just they were shaking up big two litre bottles of pop or fago uh which is their thing and then just like firing them off like rockets into the crowd i sort of like i'd gone on my own because no one no one else would come with me which also (laughs) makes me think they're my perfect guilty pleasure um there's like a wednesday night uh, drove up to bristol stayed sober and um yeah went to the icp it was lovely though um and I went to the back of the venue because I was just like, I do not want to get my nose broken by a two litre bottle of soda. And even then, one managed to part the crowd in front of me like the Red Sea and smack me in the chest. And I had a bruise on my on my man tit uh, <laughs> from this bottle of pop. It was wild. It was the craziest gig I've been to for absolutely years since like I went. I saw Slipknot at Reading, and that was. Fucking, oh God! I feared for my life then, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but this ICP was was nuts. But I've I've always loved them. Like I think I first heard heard them when I was about fifteen, and I did manage to get a couple of my friends into them then, just because they they you know you just laugh at the funny lyrics. But the production's amazing. It's all very theatrical. There was a sort of a story that runs throughout it where they got the like these originally it was six jokers cards so each album they released was a new card 
and at the end of the sixth card something was going to happen and it's like you just thought like oh it's going to be the end of the world because they play this sort of role of the avenging angels so they come from shangri-la to like if you're like a piece of shit who beats your wife or whatever they'll cut they'll they'll kill you basically yeah and then you get you ascend to hell and they go back up to shangri-la blah 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 um but at the end of this after after six albums i don't even think they thought they'd get that far they came out as born again christians <laughs> which kind of was there all along but um they'd like went from now on all our songs are going to be like heavily christian and everyone just lost their shit and their and their producer left and the record sales just dived so they did they tried that for about one ep being christian and then came back and it was all about raping and murdering again you know and stuff like that but in a good way yeah so for people that are like listening to this and thinking who the hell are insane clown posse mm. um is there like an artist or a group that you can kind of describe that they sound like they sound similar to if you could sort of mix well the visuals aesthetics of kiss with kind of eminem and limp biscuit mm. i guess yeah but maybe a bit more old, yeah, like early, like Dre produced Eminem. Um, but then they did get into, they did get into new metal. So the, the electric, like Slash plays on the Great Malenko album and stuff like that. They actually got, I think that album got picked, like was going to be distributed by Disney and it went out on all the shelves. Then <laughs> Disney actually listened to it. I went, fucking hell, get that off the shelf. So they then withdrew it all after about a day. And then it was another two weeks before the album came out again properly. So there's this is amazing stories all to do with Insane Clown Posse. But they're one, they're something that get laughed at and they really are like the underdogs. It's like the fans, it's more of an American thing, but like the fans are, are really the outcasts. You know, you get like... Um, I don't like I don't know what the politically correct term for like trailer people who live in trailer parks and the red rednecks and all right, this yeah. business like the people that get a bad rap um, that's that can be their alternative scene you know so much so that the FBI classified them as a gang and uh, if you were seen to be a juggalo like you get stopped and stopped and searched by police and stuff like that like, what's that I'm, film that we watched that about the mum that comes out of prison and her son Successful oh, scene, clown posse. I can't remember what it's called, but it's her uh, from Orange is the New Black, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was quite good. Um, and they also like before we move on quickly, I got to mention this as a bit of a, a fan, but they got into like the wrestling business as well a little yeah. bit, didn't they? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't really know that much about that, but yeah, they they do they they were wrestlers as well. I think they made a couple of films and things like that. Yeah, so yeah, amazing, like a whole franchise. Like they're self-made millionaires. They were just trying to be like Gene Simmons, weren't they? They just copied him. Think, you know, <laughs> but when you watch interviews with them, there's an absolute hard work ethos, total devotion to and love of hip hop music. Like you watch, you can go, you can do a deep dive into their interviews, and they'll be talking about really rare early hip hop and stuff. I learned a lot just from re watching interviews with them. Awesome. Well, I've got a feeling they get referenced in Frasier as well I'm almost sure there's like a I don't know I'll have to look that up yeah and the um, film's called Family by the way that, 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 that family oh yeah family whoop whoop yeah <laughs> moving on to like bands that you wouldn't be ashamed to like show your friends um, <laughs> but because they just wouldn't have a clue and that you, you know it's something not to be ashamed of but Sam is there like an artist or an album that you people just would be like wow I did not know you listened to that yeah it's probably 
Billy Talent's third. Well, technically, it's not their first album because they were called Pez before. But it's the it's the Red and Yellow album. Billy Talent and the uh, self-titled, the, yeah, self-titled one, um, which came Great out in two thousand three. Yeah, with obviously like Try Honesty. Probably hear that downstairs at Two Pigs now and then. Um, but yeah, it's kind of. I guess emo is the right word. Would that be the right sort of genre to? Um, I think they were kind of more of like a, a punk band, really. But, yeah, definitely. Um, they're quite yeah. quick. They're yeah. like it's fast tempo punk music, but but yeah, I, I actually loved that album, and it was one of the first gigs I ever went to in Manchester, and I saw my first pair of boobs like in real life as well. <laughs> and it was quite funny. I went to this Billy Talent gig, and I was in my new rave gear, so I proper stood out. So I wasn't, but I just loved that album like all the way through, and I really liked one of the the songs. They uh, the last song, no, let, what's it called again? Um, Nothing to lose as well. Which is I don't know if you've seen the video. So it's about bullying at school, and that sort of really sort of like hit me as well. Like it's quite a personal album as well. And then like obviously there's a song called The X on there about you know stuff and that yeah, just all that. It just like yeah, it's probably an album people probably wouldn't think that I like or, or a band. Like, I wasn't really fussed about their newer stuff. I like the second album as well with like Red Flag and all that on there. Um, but yeah, I, that's how I got into uh, that really. <laughs> There's still like a band that gets put on. I mean, I mean, I haven't. I was obviously I was DJing propaganda sort of around 20, 2009, 2010, and Billy Talent were like they were pretty huge right around then, like with oh, yeah. Red Flag and those sorts of songs. And even now, I I haven't really listened to a lot of their stuff in the last sort of ten years, but they still get put on like the main stage at Reading, and yeah, they yeah. still like they're still predominantly like a big act. Do you, do you listen to anything that they've put out? At, like, do you still follow them? Um, they got the album. I think it's called like the Viking album. That was all right, but I, I think say like I only say I discovered Billy Talent now as a band. I probably wouldn't show them much time. If you know what I mean, I think it was that album was. I was just my headspace at that time and that album that's why I really like it whereas if I heard Billy Tanner now for the first time ever I yeah. probably wouldn't be interested in it sure. much if that makes sense yeah, yeah. but but, um, but I always you know like once a year I'll listen to that album for like a, a straight week you know and just have that be like the only thing I listen to yeah. and then, then I will come back to it again to like later on <laughs> for another year awesome um, Dan you've probably got the largest sort of record collection of anybody. <laughs> um, so what what would people be surprised you listen to? Um, maybe I got the this question mixed up with the last one, because I suppose, uh, although I don't know, yeah, like I said, it's a mixed bag. So listening to, uh, it'd be classical music, I suppose. So like something, a release that people wouldn't associate with me, I've thought perhaps I bought this double tape pack back early 2000s time to relax like a classic fm compilation um <laughs> just as a a sort of random purchase i remember i had to walk i had a flat in center of cheltenham and I had to walk to charlton kings to get my mum's car to then drive to safeway to go to work <laughs> and so i'd um wake up and uh, yeah i'd walk past uh, hmv bought this like I thought oh it's called Time to Relax I ended up absolutely loving it um, a guy on there I can't don't know if this is the proper way to pronounce his name um, Levicio Ian uh, Ian Audi I think 
Um, he's a famous piano or pianist. And uh, that was my first kind of introduction to him. And that's always been now, since then, my go-to, like, if I need to buy, like, girlfriend's parents or something, a record. <laughs> just, you, you can always play it safe and get, like, one, one of his albums. And, uh, you know, nine times out of ten, they'll love it. Um, and also, like, now my girlfriend, she's got two kids. And she's found that to sort of um, make bedtimes easier and sort of chill them out a bit. She has a radio on her landing, which is now constantly tuned to classic FM. So whenever I go over there, um, I'm in a bubble with her. So that's allowed because I live on my own before anyone says anything. Um, uh, her legality is very good. You what? Getting the legals in. (laughs) Making it earlier. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, so the whole like top deck of a house is always like a bit like a dentist's waiting room. It's got this lovely, all all late night McDonald's, which they started doing. (laughs) Didn't they they do that to stop the chavs hanging around? That's it, to stop stop the air and just, uh, it was beautiful. I'd go there like after we DJ at the pigs. (laughs) <laughs> go to McDonald's and I just sit there and it have this lovely classical music on and then the beeping of the tills and stuff. It was really nice ambience. That was really nice. <laughs> so yeah, I'm getting more and more into classical stuff. But then I've always had had that bubbling away in the background. Uh, I, I like, like jazz nowadays as well, of course. I, I do like classical music, but I don't know where to start. Like I hear something they use it a lot on adverts and stuff yeah. like that. Well, that's, and that's you're like, like, oh, this is really nice. But you like where where do you go? You know. That's why I like buying a classic FM compilation. Yeah. You know, that's what I'd recommend. Just buy something, even if it hurts to buy it. And you're like, oh, I really should be buying like a proper, proper classic, classical album. It's like, no, just, you know, get the best of. All sounds <laughs> the same. And there's also like, um, there's compilations out now, like electronic music, like, uh, and classical stuff, isn't there? Like, oh, I think it was Fat, Fat Boy Slim did that um, concert where he covered loads of like tunes with his, but with classical music stuff. Oh, that was yeah. Pete. That was Pete Tong's thing. Pete Tong was it? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, the prams, isn't it? I remember the prams show. He actually got Seal to come and sing Damsey's Killer, and it's fucking awful. Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that <laughs> I wasn't a fan of that at all um, but that might just be me is that the Solitary Brothers song? no uh, Dampsy's Killer is um, dun 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 yeah. dun so oh, you so I uh... like, check it out now I'm the Funk Soul Brother but that's not Solitary Brother is it <laughs> do good math <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no I know the song I thought it was yeah, yeah. we are yeah, talking about right. the same yeah, song yeah. yeah that's, it, yeah. that's okay because <laughs> speaking of feet, he did the BBC Prams thing as well, didn't he? Where like they did, like how, like twenty odd years ago when they were all in Ibiza and they all had this like all these whole, this orchestra doing all these amazing yeah, like, dance tunes. You could get it was on tour as well. He toured it in the end as well. But I don't really? get what Pete Tong does. Like he's there with his decks. It's almost as if he's just <laughs> pretending to do something. Like he's in the centre of the stage. The whole focus is on him. But in, in, realistically, he's probably doing nothing. <laughs> There's a full band in front of him, yeah. isn't there? Like doing all the, the actions. Just like recording it, maybe. Or just checking levels. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true, true. He might be the percussion. Was it yeah. the percussionist? Yeah. 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 Do they actually have a real <laughs> air horn that he could get like... <laughs> <laughs> he might do the gong or something. Maybe. Yeah. Exactly. Doing the gun at the end. Exactly. <laughs> you never know. Um, what is it? Is that your dog going mad, Sorry, yeah. They will. They will. Uh, 
Um, did Me- Metallica did S- was it S and M? S and M. Ah, incredible album. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure when orchestras get involved for sort of these remix albums. I'm not sure. I'm I'm down with that. I quite like the last the Metallica show from last year. Um, it's on Scotland too, and in San Francisco where they're from, and I I really enjoyed it. I, I'm quite quite into Metallica, so I'll have to check that out. It's um it's worth a watch just to see the the crossing of the the two worlds. I think is is it Michael Kamen again back on conducting because he was uh, on the first one. I I am not sure. Okay. Well, I was paying far too I'll much attention that. to Lars Ulrich, so. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's no. Ignore him at all costs. Encouraging him, Damo. I am joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would never encourage so, Lars. So like James Hetfield. Yeah. What do you need? Uh, I think I said it was Sam last time. So Dan, I will start with you. God forbid. You uh, your house sets on fire. Let's pray it never happens. But if it were to happen, <laughs> apart from your family, is it? Yeah, yeah. When I set fire to your house, um, what album will you save? Um, well, so one album. This well, was we say one album, but I mean, you know, we're oh. we're. Is there like physical stuff in your house, like vinyl or old cassettes, that you'd be like, I need to save this? This is coming with me first trip. Yeah, I was right. gonna say you can do multiple trips if you can if you think you can if you think you can, you could do multiple trips. I guess I do have a box set of this is uh Aeroplane Flies High, all the Smashing Pumpkins oh, singles wow. from Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Um you could probably get it for about fifty P on eBay now, but I've always treasured it because <laughs> it was really expensive and I got it when I was eighteen. <laughs> Um, so that's that's probably the physical thing. I've got like various signed CDs and stuff and albums, but um, I thought you meant like more uh, metaphorically. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. We can do that. Okay, cool. That's good. So um, yeah, I was thinking about it. It was would have to be Beck, who's like just consistently probably been um, more on average my favourite artist over the years, and then it was a toss up between what we mentioned earlier, Joe, Midnight Vultures, uh, with Sex Laws and all that on it, or Odelay, and I think I'd have to, after thinking about it for hours, <laughs> I'd go for Odelay, because I just remember getting it on CD. It was just, I loved Beck, and um, he was all, but he was, at that time for me, just the guy who did Loser. So that, but, that That's the first one, isn't it? Yeah, the first proper one that made it over here. Um, yeah. And that was on the jukebox at Glosscat, uh, the one that isn't there anymore <laughs> at the park. So we had a jukebox in the common room and I just put it on there all the time or, yeah, my friends would put it on. And then I bought the EP probably from that Virgin um, mega, mega uh, shop that you were mentioning, Sam. Um, and it had a song on it called MTV Makes Me Want to Smoke Crack. <laughs> uh, so I was just like, right, I'm a fan straight away, no matter what he does. And then sort of a year or so later or a couple of years later at the end of like all the album of the year lists this was after I'd got properly more into music and started reading magazines and stuff um Odelay by Beck was either number one or at least top somewhere in the top five so I was like oh I love Beck I'll go and buy that and then I remember buying it just because it was at the top of all these lists 
and it was Beck. But I didn't listen to it for months. And then I think I was too much into Smashing Pumpkins and just listening to them constantly. Um, and then I, st- I still do. Yeah. What do you think of the new album? I really like it. Yeah, um, it's kind of gone back to where I, yeah. I mean, Smashing Pumpkins is is another conversation for another time. But cool. um, yeah, it's a good good idea. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, one night I was like, oh, I've listened to all my because back in those days you only had like a small amount of CDs, and you'd listen to them all to death. And then I so I just got bored of all my CDs, and um, I was like, oh, I haven't listened to Odelay. I'd sort of been putting it off because I knew I'd like it so much. Is that which sounds weird, but. You know, it's the way my brain works sometimes. Um, And I put it on and, yeah, just from the first few seconds just blew my mind. Well, first start, it starts with Devil's Haircut, which is incredible. Um, And then New Pollution. And it's just smasher after smasher. And I just loved everything about it. And even now, I I almost don't need to play it. I can just play it in my head because I know it so well. Um, So, yeah, probably Odelay by Beck. I've got a tattoo of the donkey that was on the front cover of uh, the Jackass single, um, which ends with a braying donkey. And I remember I made my girlfriend's mama at the time, my girlfriend's uh, mama mixtape, and she played it in the car and I put like the sissy neck or something or Jackass by Beck on there. And it ends with this braying donkey noise. I remember feeling really embarrassed. But she ended up quite, she, got, she listened to it so much that she was just like, oh, here comes the donkey. <laughs> you know, she was probably home with it. It's got so many nice memories associated with those early Beck albums. So yeah, something by Beck. Um, yeah, changed my life, man. Great eyes, great eyes. Um, Sam, I guess the same goes for you is that it is it physical or is it just metaphorically a band that you want to save forever <laughs> it's a bit of both <laughs> yeah um, so it's starter monkeys whatever people say i am that's what i'm not in terms of you know like if i had to save a record how i saw it was how i saw the question was if you could only listen to one album yeah sure the rest of your life kind of thing um it would just be that just because you know hence the baby little good dance for night but i just think it's um in terms of our album, I think it it was like the peak of the indie music, you know, just like four or five lads from from Sheffield and they got to like number one. And it was just real, it, at the time, the way I would say it was like real music was still alive, you know what I mean? Just like a, a group of lads could get yeah. together and become that big. Because um, that's how they just started the band, to be honest. They just thought they could do better than some of the bands that were, that were at school and all that kind of thing. Um, and then like, it's the best, I think it's the, biggest British debut selling album as well and like for like the indie kid because I went to quite a chavvy school it was cool to see a band that big as well in the charts as well and like even, like everyone was listening to the album at school as well like even you know like the say Grebos and the Chavs and that kind of thing and like yeah it was just I just at the time when that came out it was just a real get together of music and that's just what everyone wants to listen to it was definitely like a celebration of British culture yeah Um, and they like won the the Brits as well and it was just yeah it was brilliant and I've just I've loved them ever since basically (laughs) Uh, just just let your dog spark out a bit (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and we've uh we've actually had discussions on this podcast about Arctic Monkeys before and um I I think people know that I'm I'm a big fan and so is Joe and the last time we were allowed to get together um prior to like between November and 
uh, the start of January. This, so I think it was in December. Um, we had drinks, didn't we, Joe? And we watched. Um, we did. We watched the Arctic Monkeys live at the Transmit Fest in Scotland. Um, we did from the recent, wasn't it? yeah, from the recent album cycle. Um, Arctic Monkeys again is are they an album? They must be an artist that you kind of kept up with. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, sorry about the dogs barking. If you can still, <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, oh yeah, everything you know from their B size to you know the last of the Shadow Puppets with Alex Turner and uh, Mars Kane. Just like anything they release, I will love. I've even watched the cover bands. Like they they had a cover band at the at the Frog. It was actually yeah. the first cover band. I used to hate cover bands, but then I saw there was Art and Monkey's cover band. Like went to watch him seen him a few times at festivals and on their own and um obviously like sort of icon wise obviously alex turner as well a bit of a man crush i guess is the best way to pull it and yeah i just think they've introduced loads of bands as well and it's kind of like like going back to the strokes as well alex turner uh, well the arts and monkeys are, are big fans of the strokes as well yeah. even the first line on their latest album it yes. says i just wish i was one of the strokes yeah. and that's how i felt when the arts and monkeys came out i just wish i was one of the arts and monkeys <laughs> kind of thing you know mm. it just sort of came full circle it's brilliant and it's still amazing to see like that they weren't it's similar with the strokes you can kind of compare their paths then they weren't a hype band they might have been described as a hype band at the time and the debut album was kind of myspace was the big thing back then yeah, yeah. so they were like they sold hundreds of thousands of records and they were headlining everywhere and any you know any festival and it's so amazing to see that that band have kind of developed and they are still you know, still one of, or if not the biggest band in Britain still. Um, so yeah, I'm, yeah, we love talking about Arctic Monkeys and, um, another band that me and Joe absolutely fanboy over as well. It's weird (laughs) though, because in sort of talking around, I I call it, I don't hate, if I call it the frog crew, maybe the best way, they, they seem to hate Arctic Monkeys. I find now that sort of, uh, I find people if they don't like him, they really don't like him, and they yeah. normally for whatever reason. I but yeah, yeah just a, a band like even like in a. I mean, like where I DJ on a Saturday night is predominantly like club and R and B music. But yeah. you always get the, and I and I put my hands up. I'm one of those DJs that I still have my sort of ten minutes. Yeah, in a big night where, where the venue's absolutely packed and they're going up and down to like dancey music, and then I still drop in like three absolute indie bangers, and the whole bar is just. You can you can just drown the sound out, and it's just vocals from everyone in the club yeah. because they just—it's just one of those bands you can you always go back to, and everybody is absolutely loving life when they listen to you know. Bet you look good on the dance floor, which I know is where you got your name from. It's <laughs> it's it's just an absolute stone cold banger. Yeah, celebration almost. <laughs> exactly, mm. they're a celebration of everything good about British music and at the Olympics as well. That was crazy as well when they um played and they played come together by the beatles and all that i was level that sort of stuff unbelievable um so guys it's unfortunately that time of the show where um we're coming towards the end it's been it's been so fun to have two guests on and giving your opinions on different types of music and i really hope that everyone listening will take away something that they can go and listen to 
whether it be Arctic Monkeys or Insane Clan Posse, just go and <laughs> have a listen to some of the stuff that um, they've talked about because, yeah, Dan and Sam, they're both DJs in um, the Two Pigs and around Cheltenham and Gloucester. Um, they've got big eclectic music tastes, which is what we're about on this podcast. So go back and listen to some of their stuff. Um to end the show, gents, we like to kind of say, talk about what we're listening to at the moment. Um, so if you were to like open your phone up and or whatever you were listening to last, um, we'll give you a few minutes to have a think. Um, we'll start with Joe as usual. Joe, what are you listening to at the moment, my friend? Uh, I have, I'm a massive Queens of the Stone Age fan, as you know, and yes. I have basically picked up songs for the deaf again for like mm-hmm. the 19th millionth time because it's an absolute fucking corker of an album. Yeah. And yeah it just needs sometimes you just need a little bit of dave Grohl and josh being <laughs> pals playing bangers you do um so, yeah songs for the deaf always worth it um i've been listening to um well we spoke about this on episode three but um yeah i've gone back and started re-listening to a lot of manchester orchestra um oh, nice the album is called mean everything to nothing and uh yeah Full of Bangers is probably the, my favourite um, Manchester Orchestra album. So that's what I'm listening to. Let's start with Sam. Let's break the cycle. Sam, what you got on your iPhone at the moment, buddy? Yeah. Uh, in terms of like new music, I would say check out a band called Crack Cloud. They're a seven-piece Canadian band. If you love Talking Heads, you're going to absolutely love them. Ooh, um, yes, please. Uh, in terms of pop sort of music, if you're a big fan of De Lippa, which I think Damo, you love her, don't you? <laughs> Jim and Lipa. Jim and Lipa, sorry. Who did you say? Jim and Lipa. Big fans of Jim and yeah. on this show. Check out Rihanna Sawama. I think that's how you say it. She was in my like top 10 albums. Oh, yeah. And then... Um, in terms of the last couple of years, of terms of sort of big sort of Qatari bands, I would say Fronte's DC. Uh, Fronte's uh, DC. Yes. Yeah, good, good, great band. Good, yeah. good shout. That Soul Wax remix you played last night of that Fontaine's tunes. Over here is Death. Oh, yeah, Death. There we go. Uh, Dan, let's finish the show on some highs. Come on, buddy. What you got? Um, (laughs) no pressure no pressure mate (laughs) well um, no I've been listening I've got a favourite artist now which her album came out not last year but the year before but it's it's rare for me now that an album will come out and I can just put it on I just want to listen to it every day yeah I can put this to when it finishes I just want to listen to it again and it's uh, by an artist called Hannah Diamond (laughs) and the album's called called Reflections and it's kind of uh, this. They're starting to call it hyperpop. So I like, think like new Charlie XCX, XCX kind of thing. Only more unashamedly pop. Um, it's produced by Ag Cook from PC Music. Um, but the thing about Hannah Diamond is she has a way of disarming you with her singing because she sings in a very plain, almost monotone voice. But all the production is slightly alien but very pop very overproduced uh, and the song, yeah, I, she's got elements of yeah she's got a couple of songs of like hardcore kind of dance in it euro pop um just some amazing production but the songs she wrote the whole thing about a breakup so there's a lot of breakup songs on there the lyrics are really kind of domestic but simple and amazing it's just i just find it really like a unique kind of thing so hannah hannah diamond's my I'm fanboying over her at the moment. Uh, Amazing. No wrong. 
yeah. There we go. Um, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for taking the time um, to come onto the podcast. Um, it, like I said, two guests equals this probably ran a little bit longer than the previous podcast, but I really hope you've enjoyed um, <laughs> listening to two of our very good friends talk about stuff that they're listening to. Um, yeah, so my thanks. favorite part was the bit that you guys will never ever hear that we had to <laughs> cut out. It was As the fire noises into the mic. It was, it? The fire it was yeah. Uh, yeah, good times. Sorry, Damo. Go on. Say bye. No, say bye. Say goodbye. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us on Gateful Gateway. Check out our social medias, check out Instagram, Twitter. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you're listening to any artists that have been recommended on previous episodes. And yeah, come back again. Um, and if there's any artists out there that want to get involved in the podcast, want to be a guest, um, then just hit us up because we are super keen to talk to you. Thanks again, guys. Maybe. Take care. <laughs> Wear a mask, stay safe, take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.